0: Hola, guys. This is Jaws Blake of the Painter Files Podcast. This is kind of a middle episode. We haven't quite started season three, so... I'm kind of just saying my things and doing my stuff, and I just wanted to kind of give you a a heads up on my mind space. Uh, I've got all these things and these projects that are coming about, and they're going to be these kind of strong... (laughs) Strong pushes and pulls, but... I'd be lying if I said, like, the normality of everything as far as COVID and police shootings and everything aren't weighing so heavy on me, because they are, like, in all honesty, I can't, it's so hard to focus right now, there's a terror in the aspect of just trying to understand what's next, what to do. Like we keep waiting for kind of a, a Settling point Something where we can We know the temperature And we can kind of sit On it and regulate And I, I don't really see myself finding that right now I'm I feel a little jumbled I feel a little thrown out It's the uh, It's the uh Having to walk around a chair Before you're allowed to sit down on it Type of thing And your legs are so tired That's how I feel. I just feel tired. I'm trying to just keep myself positive and meditate and take vitamins and do all these things. I think mental health is kind of one of those things that a lot of times we put we put aside and we should really like take better care of ourselves. There's just this there's this negative connotation in my culture where you know to admit you have a problem is to be weak. We have to we have to get rid of that. That's not that's not helping us as a people. It's not helping anyone as a people, but it's definitely not helping us as a people. We we genshi just kind of we we work ourselves ragged. We we do this 40 hour work week. That day really is more like a 50, 60 hour work week. And you know, we're not really getting ahead from it. Maybe it's a generational thing, but the old ways of getting things done don't really seem to accomplish anything anymore. Like, you have a box in which you're allowed to keep your things and fall asleep and not feel like you're in danger. But that's really it. And, like, there's, there's gotta be more than that. I was telling Alec last night, I was like, I wanna go on vacation and I wanna, like, travel and see things and do stuff. But there's Corona, and then there's all the shootings and killings that are happening up to unarmed people of color. And, like, I don't feel safe being other places right now. It's just odd. It, like, physically hurts to think about how... If if someone thinks I'm driving too fast, or they feel like I've got too many things going on, or whatever. They pull me over, and then I'm dead. And it's so weird, because, like, I explain this to people when I talk to them about it and like there are definitely certain segments of all of the people that I know who say, yeah, but I mean, it's partially because of like social media is why you see these things and that's why everybody knows about it. And I'm like, that's not really how my people have communicated violence that way though. Like newspapers, the reason we knew about all these other things was not because of MySpace or Facebook or any of these things. Like we knew about Rodney King because it was a big deal. We knew about all these other things, because they were a big deal. Emmett Till's death wasn't something that was famous amongst black people, and brown people, and white people, and Asian people, and everyone else under the sun. Not because of social media, but because it was such a hard injustice that we refused to let people forget. It's just... It's just exhausting. I feel so fucking tired about all this stuff. I don't want to have to think about it. I don't want to have to fucking live it. I don't want to have to fucking sleep and worry about some asshole getting my door confused with somebody else's door, busting in with some no-knock warrant, and then blowing me away when I get up and when I get up and go, "What the fuck's going on?" and then I'm dead. Like, there's just no safety in it. There's no. There's no peace of mind. Like, it feels like insanity. What do we do? Where do we come to these kind of understandings where, like... You understand that, like... We're being terrorized. And we've been terrorized. This whole time. It's not like it's a new thing. I think that's probably the most annoying factor of it. That, like, people don't seem to understand, like, this is horrible... And it's not new And the reason they know about it is because of social media But literally we've lived it our whole lives Our grandparents and our friends and our friends' parents And all these things have always come up to us As we were little kids playing basketball in the front yard And they tell us to come in before the sun goes down Because they remember sundown towns And they're terrified Like, it's just so much so fucking much. And then I drive and I see these Black Lives Matter signs like in people's front yards and it's like it's such a beautiful thing to see people care. And they make handmade signs and everything. Like it's just this amazingly beautiful statement. And for every three houses I see them you know, I see nothing on the other one and i don't know if it's them protesting against it i don't know if it's them not wanting to participate because they don't want the they don't want that energy on them i don't know if it's just if they're actually against it i don't know any of these things and like in this day and time like it's not paranoia to be worried about those things so like what do i do what do i do like, I remember being a young, young man and going, r- renting a kayak or b- having a kayak or a surfboard and just going to these water areas, rivers and the ocean and beaches and all that stuff. And, like, just going out, paddling out, and just having a great time and not having to care and a worry in the world. And now to realize, like, the danger, the mass amount of danger that I was actually in Being in some of these little small towns. I look back at some of the stuff that I did and I was like, God, you're so stupid. Like, you really didn't understand. You didn't understand the world you were living in. And shit was happening around me while I was going on. But I didn't think it, it didn't happen to me directly. So I just didn't realize, like, the actual danger and problems that, like, the people around me were facing. For that, I'm sorry. (sighs) Okay. So I've talked about my worries. Now I guess I have to talk about my solutions. If there are solutions. I don't know. My suggestion for most people is just listen. Don't come up with solutions. Your solutions aren't going to help anybody. They're just not. It'd be nice if they were, but they're not. That's not how this works. If it were simply uh, waiting for someone to have a good idea, all this would be over. Because ultimately, like, the ideas are amazing, but the the, the implementation of them is probably more the factor that really comes into play. Because you're not actually doing anything. Like, it's cool to come up with a bunch of ideas and sat out a bunch of things and say these things. But, like, ultimately, you're not going out and then making it happen. You're not making sure that these people get elected. That these these things stop. That uh, when someone gets pulled over, that you stop and then sit beside the road and wait until they are able to then get up and go to make sure they don't die. Like, this is what it's really probably going to take. It's going to take people to actively, like, be a part of the situation. To make themselves... To stand up for a stranger. And be like, I can't let this person die. Because their life means more than my being early... Being ten minutes early to get Froyo. I don't know if people still eat Froyo. But, um... These are the things. Like, we have to... We have to actively be a part of the solutions now. We can no longer accept the factor that we expect other people to step up and be something. Because it's, it's not gonna happen that way. We have to be the inspiration we wish to see in the world. And that's so scary. Because you may die, or you may get hurt, or you may get arrested but if we make a big enough noise, they can't ignore us forever. I'll talk about something happier after this, I promise. I'm just tired. Now that I have started Season 3 in such a special and dynamic way, I will start talking about stuff else that I I actually really, really love. Um, ever since I was a little boy, I've loved pickles. (laughs) I know this seems like an odd thing to talk about, but... I don't know, I just thought, like, I, I fell in love with this idea... I've never actually really done it, but I've fallen in love with the idea of, like, Canning And pickling things I just think it's really interesting I don't know why I just do But I've always loved pickles For some reason And so Like And it's like specific type of pickles It's like the pickle jars that you get I think it might be the jars too honestly Because they're like pasta jars too Um That's why Tina calls this a A murder of, of people Because you know we're all crows collecting things in shiny glass and jars and all that stuff but um yeah my favorite ones are like the ones where you have like coriander in the bottom and like some garlic maybe maybe even like a hot pepper or something that's like in the bottom of them like I don't know what that is it's just really really fascinating and beautiful to me like I've I've done paintings of them in like the rarest of occasions I don't do it often because it always feels like a sweet home Alabama type of kitchen painting (laughs) and like I'm not really that type of artist but I just I love I love like paintings of jars and like and of like pickles and stuff like that I don't know why it's just an interesting weird little thing I do and occasionally you've seen I've done pictures of pickles I've drawn little little cartoons of pickles with like my crowns and my eyes and stuff I don't know it's just this like little joy it sparks, it sparks this little bit of happiness that just kind of twitches inside of me. And it just, I don't know, it just makes me happy. It makes me really happy. When I talk about it, like, I've got a huge, goofy smile on my face right now as I'm driving to work. It's just, they're just great. I don't know. And I've had bad pickles. I've had all that stuff. I still prefer them. I still prefer bad pickles. It's a weird thing. Like, Somebody told me years ago they were like, "Yeah, you know, there's some people like they really love sour taste, and some people really love sweet." And I'm like, "I kind of love both. I don't know why. I'm, I'm mostly a spicy a spicy person though. That may just be because of the Caribbean and Latin America, but I just love spicy. I love spicy. If it could be like spicy and like a common a combo other flavor, man, that's the real that's that's the real stuff right there." And, you know, especially in this weather Like, it's always good to kind of eat stuff that has a little bit of salt in it Because you just absorb water a little better Which is kind of the point Like, it's so hard to not be dehydrated when it's like 95 degrees outside And then the shop The shop is like a fucking greenhouse Because it's got these thin-ass crap windows So all the heat just builds up in our bays while we're working and repairing things And that's just nuts That's crazy by itself, by the way. Um, To give you a heads up on that. So there are over 200 bikes that we're working on right now at work. It is crazy full of bikes in there. And, like, we're doing repairs, like, 5, 10, 15 a day. I'm doing, like, 5 or 10. I don't know what the other guys are doing. Um, But we're doing all these repairs. It's not really helping. (laughs) Like, we're still two to three weeks, almost a month out on repairs. From the minute somebody drops them off, they just gotta wait. They all hate it, but it's this weird thing. We've been talking about it recently, actually. We have a lot of philosophical questions. Which is funny, because I don't think people expect, like, a bunch of gearheads who turn wrenches for a living to really be philosophers in some way. And don't get me wrong, some people are fucking stupid. But... They're still kind of chauvinist dumbasses, but the younger guys, the younger guys are, are really kind of blossoming in their, in their, their thought process. Like these kids are so much more like aware and sensitive and understanding than I ever was at their age groups. Like I was just trying to get laid. I gotta be honest. Relay, drink, not work. Uh, the idea of a time when I could go into a job, get paid to not do anything, fantastic. <laughs> now I'm like, ah, I gotta work to get money. It's like, ugh, a part of me died. My childhood died. That's what it was. Now, um, yeah, so it's just packed in there and I keep taking all these photos, which I love that you guys love the photos I take of these, of these, these like just cluttered junky images, (laughs) but it's just, yeah, it's just nice. And we get all these tools, and we work on all these funky little things. $10,000, $15,000 dollar bikes. Which, yes, that is ridiculous. But, you know, it's what people want. So, who am I to stop them? They pay their bills. As long as the check clears, you know. I got no judgment on them for it. But, uh, yeah. And I have no interest in painting bikes. I just never have. Um, but, yeah. Pickles. I love pickles, that's the whole story. I find myself vanishing in the paradoxical fictions in which all things kind of fall, like leaves during the fall. It is this beautiful kind of epicenter of all these dreams and ideas, these lies I tell myself to make sense of things that I can't understand about myself. It's a repeating ad lib of just consciousness. This kind of silly idea that like, you're always meant to understand yourself that everything is literally drawn in chalk of an outline of your body on the ground. And from that, you fit all the things you are in them like a kind of charity where you're raising money and as you slowly get to the top of it, you fill it up with a marker. The funny part is, nothing you do is small enough to fit inside the chalk outline your life's work will be so much more than $20,000 to take everybody to the beach. (laughs) I guess you're buying a beach at that point. Um, Those things are just kind of the ways that they are. Like, it's this weird kind of thing where you tell yourself, I will be this thing, I will go this route, I will see these places, I will do all these things, and once I do, I'm going to be so happy. And truth is, life is more complicated than that. The dog loves to find chicken bones outside. She thinks when she has them, she'll be happy and she won't need anything else. But inevitably, she'll drop the chicken bone for something else if she sees something else that she likes better, because the things we want aren't always necessarily the, the physical things we want aren't always necessarily the things that we completely want or we want more than just right now. So I think that's why we tell ourselves all these things. We travel into the traversing of the night sky and we look up, see that one star, and go, I wonder what that's like over there. And you find out later the star may be dead for a thousand years and you're just now seeing the light. It's just interesting. Any thoughts? Check them out. So I'm in a hurricane or a tornado. Storm of some sort. I don't know. It's raining. <laughs> Traffic is very bad and it's raining. And so I thought I'd talk to you. I know this is really loud, and I'm sorry for that. But I felt like this was kind of that time. It's scary as all this is. I can't help but really just love the rain. It's always made me happy. I like walking in puddles and spending like very little time outside, but being soaked to the freaking bone. Like it just reminds me of like That childhood whimsy and excitement I know it's strange But It makes me happy Why not you know Why not go with what makes you happy We try to be adults so much That we forget to be children sometimes And honestly like that's where my creativity comes from It comes from my My moments of letting myself not Have the worries that adults worry about I just finished this painting, free of the little birds, uh, I hope you look at it. It's on all my stuff, uh, my website, jawsblakeblog.com, it's on Instagram, which is, uh, Jaws underscore Blake, you can search me out, Twitter, which is Juara, 3180, J-E-W-A-R-A, 3180, um, yeah, and you know, Patreon, Joar Blake I just I feel like You have to figure out how to best Like just be In Your creativity To not Find yourself like Running around in these circles Trying to figure out ways to Worry about all the things that other people Are going to think about the stuff that you make Like The best time I ever had in my life was just when I was making for me, not when I was, although I love making and having people see it and do all these things, like I'm not sad about my notoriety and my fame from being a painter, but there is something to be said about when I, when I didn't know anyone was seeing me, I was just making so much, because I never heard anything, you know. It's kind of funny. You can't go backwards. So I'm, I'm in no way advocating for working backwards on any of this. But it's just interesting that the, the mindset was more open and aware at the time. And so you have to just kind of live in each brush stroke. Maybe paint or ink or canvas or paper. There's something really beautiful about, like, the ability to just create mindlessly. <laughs> so I've been listening to this podcast episode over and over and over again. I'm washing clothes right now in my laundry room, so if you hear a noise, that's what it is. I don't know what the season three is going to be exactly. I've got ideas. I'm excited to share them with you as they unfold. And I hope you'll be there with me. We are at episode 91 when it drops. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that we can't control, but this is one of the things I can. I hope you'll enjoy my journey ciao